If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Arsenal probably couldn't afford him and wouldn't fit into their system. You really just put Arsenal in the conversation. No, I'm just saying it like the big teams here. Spurs don't need him. Arsenal can't even finish in the top eight. So... Hello and welcome back to the Off the Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and my co-presenter, as always, Bradley. How are you today, Brad? Oh, I'm only one of those mornings again. Uh, typical, typical Monday mornings. Um, we've had an action-packed weekend across the world of football with uh, a full slate of cards in the Premier League, La Liga, the Bundesliga and in the Women's Super League as well. But there is only one place to start, and that is at Anfield, where yesterday Liverpool played host to Scott Parker's Fulham and lost 1-0 thanks to a Mario Lamina goal. I mean, what is there to say about Liverpool nowadays? There's just nothing to say, I mean, to anymore. It's not funny anymore, is it? (laughs) No, it is. It's hilarious still. It's actually getting funnier by the week, I think. That's now their sixth home loss in a row. Uh, They're eighth in the league. Like we said previously, they've got two games in hand over... uh, Aston Villa have got two games in hand of them, and so do West Ham. So, realistically, they could be eighth to tenth come the end of the season at this rate no European football as well going on at this rate I mean where has it really gone wrong for Jurgen Klopp's side that's the question I think no one really specifically knows you can't you can't completely boil it down to one thing no like it, it's it's stereotypical now at this point to say oh it's the injuries yeah you can't be saying that because Yes, they have had a lot of injuries, but like we said last week, Leicester City have also had a lot of injuries this season and they're still up uh, around the top four. Chelsea have had their injuries. Man United have had their injuries. City have had their injuries and players dealing with COVID. It just seems that Liverpool are having this massive hangover of actually winning the league and it's carried on for way too long now. And then again, when you look in their defence, you do feel slightly sorry for them. Yeah, I mean, their defence yesterday against Fulham was Andy Robertson, Reese Williams, Nathaniel Phillips and Nico Williams were the back four with obviously Alisson in goal. Um, it was a little strange seeing Trent not start. I don't know what the thinking was behind that. I mean, yes, he hasn't been mm. as good as he has been in the past uh, couple of seasons, but... I don't know whether he had like a little niggle or something or... I'd seen something and it was purely just rest reasons. Like they, rest. they don't... Like the rumour that went around was that he, they do have set times when they rest players. Which would explain for me, you know, not playing Marnie, not playing... But you just drop them. Because you, yeah. you don't do that even with the form. They're too good. Mm. It's just quite strange I mean obviously we've said the form wise you don't drop them but I mean still you would expect them to start in this kind of game just to give them that bit of morale boost and think right coming back of our loss against Chelsea the other night on Thursday we would want to bounce back straight away play our best players and right we know Fulham aren't having the best of seasons and the real relegation zone although they have turned it around recently this is the type of game where you play our best players and we pile misery in Fulham and everyone will be like, okay, Liverpool have just had a little blimp, but it seems it's not a blimp and 
I, I've genuinely run out of words to say about it. You're going back to the point of something needs to change. How deep does that change now go? I think it's going to be interesting. For me, it's what they do in this upcoming summer window because they need to get rid of a few players. I think specifically in midfield. Yeah, but if there's one way it shouldn't be going, it's sacking Jürgen Klopp. Oh no! Fraud way he not? That yeah, fraud deserves Klopp. to stay in his job. He deserves yeah. when he he does well. Wait, I need to word this properly. He has earned the right to leave when he wants to leave. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. Um, but for me, I think. <clears throat> They need to invest in more players in different positions because th- they're heavily, heavily based on central midfielders who all practically play the same position and same type of play. So they just the lack of difference in them. So yeah, they just come in when Adam can come in one game. Uh, Fabinho when he's played in midfield. Uh, Milner if he's coming off the bench. Uh, Oxlade, Chamberlain, Thiago, they all just play the same type of position and same type of way and it hasn't worked because sometimes they'll go, two of them go forward and then leaves one of the central midfielders back and they're not really a defensive midfielder and they all play, like I said, it's just, it doesn't work when you have that many players doing the exact same thing on a pitch. You need differences on a pitch to uh, work it out and different styles. And then uh, with the defence, they took way too long to get in Ozan Kabak and uh, the fella from Preston. And he's just injured. Well, both of them are injured now. Kabak's not been completely impressive in the early signs. No, but I mean, he's only played... Like a month's worth of football yet, so I think it's still a little too early to judge. But, um, yeah, I think they needed to do that. And then I think they need to have better options as backups for the front three as well. Because, yes, Jota's done amazingly when he's uh, called upon earlier on in the season before he got injured, but Shaqiri doesn't do it anymore. Divock doesn't do it anymore. So they need to have that ability to have someone come on and still have a big impact on the game. Yeah. I mean, it's a, see, I'm, I'm turning to you now, saying I mean, I don't. <laughs> but this isn't an easy fix. It doesn't matter who it is. This is going to be a massive process that we're still unsure whether they actually get out of the hole they've dug themselves in. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Sorry, um, we're gonna start on a counter. Just <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about, though. Like, it isn't an easy process to fix, and can they actually fix it? Is another question. And looking at it at this minute in time, I don't think they can fix it. It's a lot of hard work to do in just this one window coming up, but it may spill over to the next couple of windows. And how long will that affect Liverpool? going forward next season is definitely uh, something to question. But we've got to speak on the positives, and that is obviously Fulham. They've won the game uh, 1-0 thanks to Mario Lamina, and now with the results uh, elsewhere in the league, they are just uh, in the relegation zone by goal difference at the minute. Uh, Brighton are outside on minus 8 goal difference, whilst Fulham are on minus 11. On the same points, Newcastle in 16 from 27 points and then Burnley on 30 points and Southampton on 33. I did say this now, if any of the teams out of the bottom three would get out, it would be Fulham and they do look like they are putting up a real fight to stay up now, don't they? Yeah, I mean, you went alone in that. <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah, everyone was saying that. <laughs> but you can't call it who's going to drop in. No. I mean... You would say possibly, 
you're right, you actually can't because Brighton aren't scoring. They're having lots of shots but aren't scoring. Newcastle are six and sevens. The one week they play really well, the next week they'll be awful. Southampton went on a bad run of form. So I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's too close to call, I think. I know who I want to go. Newcastle? So it'd be lovely if both Newcastle and West Brom went down, in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my Villa fan perspective yeah. coming into it. I, I would want Burnley to go out of the teams down there. You just, just hate Burnley? I, uh, yeah, I just don't like... Nothing against Sean Deutsch or anything, but I just hate that turf more pitch. It always looks... It it's for me. It's not a Premier League pitch. It always seems yeah, north. No, I don't hate the north. I just it's hate because that he pitch. voted for Brexit. <laughs> I just hate that turf uh, more pitch. And United always do really poorly there. So that's why so I want to relegate them. <laughs> and he'd be one less Claret and blue team in the league as well. But yeah, full credits to Scott Parker's side. Uh, Put up an absolute dogfight, got the result they needed to, and like we've said, they are putting up a real, real fight to stay in the league, and I wouldn't be surprised if they end up staying in the league. Right, the game that followed was the Manchester derby, and it wasn't a boring nil-nil for once for a 4.30 kickoff yeah. on Sky. So it's still depressing because the ending. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to bring out uh, your sound effects for this one. I banned myself from using it. For this episode, <laughs> even though there are many times I could have used it. Yes. Um, United were awarded a very early penalty after Anthony Martial was fouled by Gabriel Jesus, uh, and Bruno Fernandes scored the penalty after two minutes. Luke Shaw then doubled Man United's lead five minutes into the second half, and that was enough for Ali Gunnar Solskjaer's side to end the streak of Pep Guardiola and Manchester City. Hmm. <sighs> What is it they say about all good streaks? They must come to an end. <laughs> and the best ones end at 21 and 1. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I'll let you get away with it. Um, it's a very niche reference, if some understand it. Yes. I did stop myself from tweeting a peek, even though I saw someone do it and I banged for them and I'm very annoyed. <laughs> Penalty incident early on. No questions about it. It was a silly foul from... Uh, Jesus, why? Why is he there? He's a striker. Yeah, if you look at the, there's a picture going around of the incident. Man City have made Martial look like Lionel Messi against Athletic Bilbao. If you've seen that image a few is times, it, is this how it works, man? City, the, the centre backs play strikers, where the strikers play centre backs. I think it must be is it the opposite way around with Enzo. Yeah, and poor, calm, collected penalty from Bruno. Edison. Of course, he's, he's an expert. Uh, Edison, did, <laughs> Edison did get a hand onto it, but it wasn't enough to stop it going in the back of the net. Um, I think that is now three consecutive away wins at the Etihad for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side. So he's made the Etihad his own stadium again. King of the Etihad. But yeah, phenomenal performance from uh, Solskjaer's side. Managed to keep City at bay. Played really well. Is the title race still open? No. I don't see it's been open at all. I mean, City are too far ahead still, and unless they have a massive blimp, I don't see it being. They're going to have to do a Liverpool. (laughs) From 2013 14? Right. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I was on about the season where. They absolutely bottled it when uh, the Denver Bar incident. It was like 10 in a row. Yeah. No, that's what Man City are going to have to do. And Man United have to keep winning because the gap is still 11 points between the two sides. If you can look at this from a different way as well, should you as a Man U fan actually a little bit annoyed that your team has completely turned up against the top of the table but not against the Crystal Palace or Sheffield United when they should be winning them easily I know where you're coming from with that but the thing is I expected that against Man United uh, not against Man United for Man United as soon as I saw that Crystal Palace result last week I thought to myself 
United are going to show up and actually beat Man City. I may not have said it on the preview show, but as we was getting closer, put it off to do that. <laughs> yeah, as he was getting closer to kickoff, I was thinking, you know what? I can see Manchester United actually winning this game, and it will be just typical of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer that United play really well, hold City from scoring, and get the result somehow. And you'd be like, hang on a minute, why couldn't we do that against Crystal Palace a few days ago? You want to be champions. That's what you have to do. Yeah, you got to do it on a consistent basis. Maybe it was the fog against Crystal Palace that put them off. Excuses. <laughs> uh, the final game that took place on Sunday was at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium between Spurs and Crystal Palace. And it was the Gareth Bale-Harry Kane show as they both scored a brace and Harry Kane got uh, two assists as well. Cheers, sun's crying. <laughs> I mean... Bale has now scored six goals and three assists in these last six games for Tottenham. Is that did I say something? That's now more than any winger at Real Madrid this season. Wouldn't surprise me, actually. I think it, I think that was what it was. I saw something earlier, which oh, I'm going to bring up now. Is have we gone back to 2013? Gareth Bale playing really well and Liverpool struggling to make the top four. I think you said that last week, but yeah, it feels like that's where we're at. We've definitely gone back in time. I mean, phenomenal for Bale doing what he's done over the last couple of games. And Kane, excellent as always this season. The top four is not realistically... Well, it's not over for them. They've got a game in hand over Leicester, Man United and City. They can still win the Champions League. They've got to win the Europa League, though, to do it. Yeah, two points behind Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea, who are looking phenomenal in the league and have yet to play this weekend as they will play six o'clock, which is obviously uh, after we've recorded. But then you've got Everton in between the two sides who have a game in hand over them and two over the top three on 46 points. So it's not all over and lost for Spurs, but like you said, they've got to win the Europa League to get into the Champions League. It's the easiest option for them. The, the easier option, well, not the easier option given who's been the Europa League, but it's yeah. their best chance. Definitely. Um, Crystal Palace, I mean, I, I expected that result realistically. Um, they didn't really fret too much going forward after they scored the goal or really before it. Um, it was just easy for Spurs, I think. Yeah, fair play Tottenham, most teams would crumble under the, the re-emergence of Christian Benteke. Yes. But like I said, the other week, Crystal Palace are in their rightful position. of just They're not really too worried about the teams below them and potentially going down, but you know they're not going to put a threat for the top half of the league, so they are rightfully just round about mid-table. Elsewhere in the Premier League on Saturday in the lunchtime kickoff, Burnley played out a 1-1 draw with Arsenal. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang scored after six minutes for Mikel Arteta's side before a calamitous mistake from Granit Xhaka handed Burnley the goal of the season. I don't know what you're about. <laughs> An easy leveller for Chris Walter's slot home five minutes before the break. What on earth was he doing there, Xhaka? It's rule one as a person when you're in your penalty area, don't pass it across the box. Yeah. As a defender, simple rule is if in doubt, kick it out. Put he's it in Rose head on. <laughs> yeah, in that instance, he's defending and you're in a position where, you know, if you do something wrong, you could lead to the goal, which he did. So just hoof it out of play. Yeah. It's, it's, it's simple, basic football. Yeah. In the heat in the moment of playing, you just do anything, I guess, if we're being nice to him. But yeah. you've got to think you've got to think better than that, surely. A hundred percent you've got to do better than that for a player of his calibre and skill, he should be doing a lot better than that. Um, I'd mind Chris would shoot out of it though, just celebrating it like he had scored it. <laughs> yeah. I mean you would do if you're Chris Wood in that situation. Do we mention if we've gone the conspiracy, inverted commas, that is hounding Arsenal right now? Which is 
they're getting screwed over by the referees, just like every other team in the Premier League. Well, if it's happening across the league, is it really that much of a conspiracy then? Well, they got loads to complain about the blocked shot on the line. Like, that wasn't on board. It was the one before that. I think they had a claim. Yeah, I know what you mean. But it's the whole VAR debate that we keep having and the handball rule which just seems to change each match day that happens so should they have had a penalty probably in the pre-VAR it most likely may have been given but with VAR nowadays I just don't see them type of decisions being given with how the referees are interpreting the rules Elsewhere on Saturday, Southampton beat Sheffield United 2-0 thanks to a James Ward-Prowse penalty and a Shea Adams goal just after half-time to give Ralph Hassan Hootel's side their first win since uh, the victory against Liverpool. How's uh, that luck ago? <laughs> yeah, it's the first victory in 10 Premier League games for the Saints. Yeah, Shea Adams' goal was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful goal. Um, I think the main Bad problem, though, for the Saints is they lost Danny Inks quite early on through injury. Don't know how long that's going to be for. But, um, he, he is now, if it's a long injury, you've got to say Shea Adams has to start kicking on a bit because his time at Southampton hasn't really been that good. Mm, not for the money they paid for him. Mm, but I think if it is an experience, ex- I can't, what's the word I'm looking for? Easter's next month, mate. No, not Easter. Uh, a long spell out I for... I thought you said eggs. Experience, then. <laughs> no, I was trying to think of a... Extended was the word I was looking for. An extended period of time out for Danny Ings. He does need to step up a bit now. There goes his Euros place. Yes. In terms of Sheffield United, didn't really do much. And I think like we said before, there resorted to finishing bottom and I think Chris Wilder's already planning for next season to be honest why couldn't they have done that on Wednesday <laughs> it's always how the cookie crumbles when you want your, when you want them to put in that performance against your team they never do speaking of crumbling yes we're on to your team now as they played out a 0-0 draw with Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Early evening kickoff. Finish nil nil. Villa stay in ninth now, just five points off the European places, but not really a good weekend for Dean Smith's side. First half was the best we've played in what has felt like a while. And then mm. the second half was one of the worst I've seen us play in a while. <laughs> just made no sense. Yeah, really inconsistent. You would have thought, considering how well you did play, you would be able to kick on and get that goal. I think an early goal in the second half is what you needed. We didn't to... turn up in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> it was this. But if you did get that early goal, I think that would have houches a lot we, more. We could have been free up in the first 15 minutes. Hmm. Ollie Watkins, I don't know if you've said this now, Ollie Watkins is now the unluckiest striker in like, history. He's, he's hit the woodwork more times than any player this season. Oh, he's seven times. Mm-hmm. If he'd scored that, he'd have 17 goals right now. <laughs> he's quite uh, strange. How unlucky he is. missing for about five yards as well. Well, yeah. That doesn't happen. Although, although, well, although Roman Sires clearly went, hold my beer. <laughs> but yeah you can't I mean it's still a point in the right direction you're sort of above where you would expect to have been at the start of the season and no, like I said it's lower at the start of the season but yeah I'm satisfied yeah and you've still I got still two games seventh is the realistic target yeah 100% he's still uh, feasible for uh, your side and the final game that has taken place so far this weekend was at the Amex Stadium on Saturday evening as Brighton hosted Brendan Rodgers' Leicester City. 
And it was the host that took the lead after 10 minutes, thanks to an Adam Lallana goal, his first for Brighton and Hove Albion. And then just past the hour, Mark Kelechi Iheanacho levelled things up before Daniel Amati scored the winner three minutes from time for the Foxes. I got a lovely kick out of that first Leicester goal. Yeah, it was a very nice finish from Iheanacho. It was the pass, wasn't it? That no-look pass from Tillmans. He's, he's such a great footballer, like you're a T-Elements. Yeah, as much as the day's analysis was good, like Ian Atcher makes it because of the run, he, like, he just makes a quick move mm. to get through and then just chips it over him. But it's like they worked on that in training. Oh, 100%. You can tell they did. And well, they always say practice, practice, practice makes a perfect precision goal. And it worked for him. Um, look. As we said, Leicester still in the top three, a point behind Manchester United. Obviously, before the Man United won, they were up to second for a brief period of time. Even with all their injuries, they're still doing all right this season, Leicester. And you wouldn't be surprised if they do get a top four finish. The other two games that are yet to happen, Chelsea versus Everton at six o'clock today and West Ham versus Leeds United at eight o'clock. So we... I think Chelsea Everton is going to be a cracker game, or well, hopefully. We spoke on the preview show. Thomas Tuchel still undefeated in the league, or Everton. You never know which Everton are going to show up. And then Leeds versus West Ham. You'd expect Leeds to win one 0 just so they can level out their goal difference back to zero again. It would help us out a bit if they won. Yes, it would make it only still a five-point gap to West Ham, but it'd be nicer in terms of goal difference for West, uh, Aston Villa. Right, on to the other stuff around the world in football. On Saturday evening, it was the Klassiker between Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund, and it was Munich that won 4-2 thanks to a Robert Lewandowski hat-trick and a Leon Goretzka goal, and Julian... Uh, Julian Haaland? Erling Haaland. <laughs> It's because I saw Julian Brandt come on then, uh, just quick, having a quick look over the stats again. Erling Haaland brace in the opening 10 minutes for Dortmund wasn't enough. This was pure Master versus the Apprentice stuff. <laughs> oh, it was. Obviously, uh, I didn't watch this. I didn't watch it, but I fully wish I had. <laughs> just absolutely unbelievable. I mean, that's now 100 career goals for Erling Haaland already at the age of 20. And Lewandowski is now up to 31 league goals for this season. Two freaks of nature in their wheelhouse. Just absolute pure joy to watch them play football. It really is. I'm just, I'm always just left speechless every time you see either of them to score and play nowadays. I like Erling Haaland, but you need to start pacing yourself a bit, otherwise we're going to run out of things to say, mate. I think I already have run out of things to say about him. You think it's 30 years old or we're not going to have anything left? Mm, definitely, definitely. But the result and other results elsewhere mean by uh, Borussia Dortmund slipped down to sixth place in the Bundesliga, which isn't good news at all for them if they are wanting to keep hold of Haaland and Sancho in this summer window. I don't even think they've got a chance of that, even if they get third summer. Mm, I wouldn't be like you said. I wouldn't be. Holland maybe stays because no, I think teams. Can't. You think? Yeah. You think someone will rather overpay this summer than yes. wait another year and get his release clause for is it sixty four to seventy million? They'd pay because they know that he's worth it. Mm. Where do you think he goes then? Not Chelsea. No. I'd be tempted to say Man City. Weirdly. Well, the Athletic have said this morning that um, Man City aren't actively looking at trying to sign him. It's March, of course they wouldn't be. You can still get players deals done around this time, don't worry. I think for them, it's one of them. They'll wait to see the messy situation before potentially making a move. And what I, does I think the messy boat has sailed because we'll get us to get to that later. But and what happens with uh, Sergio Aguero as well? That's what I said, Man City. Mm. And if not, 
I know Bayern have supposedly got an interest. I don't know why I'd go there, though, to be honest. No, I that would then for it would say Lewandowski would could leave. Yeah, because so I just don't see them two being able to work together. And they, Bayern don't play too up top. No, then you look elsewhere. Barcelona, we say what happens with the Messi situation, and they I don't think they can afford him even at this uh, lower price because of all their finances and all that stuff. PSG don't need him. What about Real? Real, again, I don't, know what him? I don't know what their finances are looking like because there is, seems to be a tougher clampdown since COVID has happened on what Spanish clubs can spend. Atletico obviously don't need him. Then you come back to England. Arsenal probably couldn't afford him. And wouldn't fit into their system. You really just put Arsenal in the conversation. No, I'm just saying it like the big teams here. Spurs don't need him. Arsenal can't even be finish in the top eight, so they don't deserve to be anywhere near this. Mm. Liverpool need him, but won't get him. No, their their ambition is Mbappe 2021. Yeah, and then Man United need him. <laughs> Want we'll, him. Never, we'll never get him. <laughs> Won't get him. That's You've got more chance of Sancho. Well, reports are saying that United seem to have called their interest on signing a right winger and are more determined in getting a striker and a centre-back in this uh, summer window. Which is a bit strange, but considering they've needed a right winger for the past 10 years or so, since Cristiano Ronaldo's left, they haven't had a true out-and-out right winger. And Sancho mm. fits that bill perfectly. Who needs Sancho when you've got Dan James? I mean, he's doing well recently, but I think I'd still take Jadon Sancho. Elsewhere in the Bundesliga, Bayer Leverkusen beat Mönchengladbach to overtake Dortmund in the league thanks to a goal from Patrick Schick, 14 minutes from time. Hoffenheim beat Wolfsburg 2-1. Frankfurt and Stuttgart played out a 1-1 draw. Hertha Berlin beat Augsburg 2-1. Leipzig beat Freiburg 3-0 thanks to Emil Forsberg, Alexander Solov and Christopher Nkuku with the goals. And Cologne drew with Werder Bremen 1-1 and Arminia Bielfeld drew 0-0 with Union Berlin. And Schalke's new boss, I've completely forgotten who they appointed now, uh, they drew 0-0 with Mainz and still remain foot at the table with relegation pretty much sorted for them over in Italy now Juventus pulled off a 3-1 victory over Lazio thanks to goals from Adrian Rabiot and a brace from Alvaro Morata uh, despite going 1-0 down thanks to Joaquin Correa scoring early on for Lazio good to see Morata actually play rather well for once for Juve and scoring goals and not being offside not from what I, well, I haven't seen it. I can't say much on it. Mm. But yeah, decent result for Juve, and they are closing in on the teams above them. But they are have played the same amount of games as Inter Milan, who are yet to play as a time of recording. They play at Atlanta at quarter to eight. Napoli beat Bologna three one, thanks to goals from Lorenzo Insigne, Victor Osimhen. Uh, Lorenzo Insigne got a brace there, and AC Milan beat Hellas Verona. 2-0 thanks to a Diogo Dallo goal and a Rade Krunic goal. So how things stand in Syria, Inter Milan remain top by three points and obviously can extend their lead with victory tonight against Atalanta. AC are in second, Juve in third and Roma in fourth. Now over in Spain, it was the big derby on Sunday afternoon between Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid and it finished 1-1. Atleti scored after 15 minutes thanks to Luis Suarez before Karen Benzema equalised with two minutes left on the clock to make it 1-1. Disappointing result, you've got to say, for Atleti. Hmm. They've just not had Raul's number this year. No. Interesting, despite the season they've had, and it's potentially costing them. Yeah, you definitely have to agree there. They just seem to have slipped up in recent weeks. They haven't been as consistent as they were in the first half of the season. And like you said, they've struggled with uh, Real Madrid this season completely. The gap is now down to three points between Atleti and Barcelona. 
but Atleti still have their game in hand. Speaking of Barcelona, they got back to another win in La Liga, beating Osasuna 2-0. Goals from Jordi Alba and Iliax Kokoruma with his first goal for uh, Barcelona. Very good player and hopefully there is a lot to come of him if he stays on track, the young 18-year-old. Speaking of Barcelona, they announced their presidential results on Sunday evening with Joan Laporta becoming president for a second time. What are your thoughts on the matter? Well, don't have any immediate thoughts, technically, but if it goes anything as well as it did the first time around, then success should come their way again. Definitely. He was the one that appointed Pep Guardiola as manager and was there when they won the... 6-2 pool back in 2010 was that or was it 2012 I can't remember don't remember exactly if it was after the two or maybe 2009 Champions League final or after the 2011 one I can't remember too much yeah it was one of them two years I can't fully remember mm-hmm. but it does seem to have Barcelona's a lot happier now that he is back at the club well that's it. We, we obviously don't know the plan but if there isn't one, then that's the problem. Yes. Um, he has visited Barcelona's training ground uh, today to meet with all the sporting teams of Barcelona and set out his plan. From what I saw Fabrizio Romano tweet, um, I think it was yesterday, that... Jordi Cruyff is set to be appointed on the team uh, as some sort of director and also I think there was some other like some of the former players potentially coming back to the club as well. Um, Victor Valdez was going to be appointed a goalkeeping coach of uh, La Masaya and Mathieu Almany as the sport director and he... So is this a case of getting the band back together? It seems to be his way of thinking is, can I, how much of the band can I get back together and get back to the glory days of the club? But I think it'll be, be Xavi. It's not going to be Xavi named manager though, because we already know who's being named manager. Mikel Arteta. <laughs> though, uh, we mentioned Xavi, and it's not really Spanish football, but you could give a shout out to him as he won his first league title with El Sad over the weekend. Uh, they've, been playing excellently over in the Qatar League but back on Barcelona it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Laporta can do and if he can convince Messi to stay what will happen there Is it, well, I didn't know this but players are allowed to vote yes I just found that weird it was Messi not going to vote <laughs> yeah from what I believe it's anyone that is a part of Barcelona so, football players, both men and women's teams, obviously, I think you have to be over 18. The basketball team, I think they've got a handball team. And then f- fan members, I don't know whether it's like season ticket holders over here are allowed to vote. It's basically meant people, if you, oh, I'm trying to remember what it is, but season ticket holders also have like membership. Yeah. As well. I, I don't yeah. know the whole system, but it's. There is some sort, yeah. There's some sort of weird way membership at Barcelona where uh, people are allowed to vote and get everything uh, sorted. He won with uh, Laporta won with 54.28% of the votes. Victor Font coming in second place with 29.99%, and then Antonio Fresher getting 8.85, of the results. So. There was only uh, 3,628 uh, 3, spoil votes and 351 blank votes, which I don't understand why you would do that for. Why is there time that must have been? Maybe it's just uh, Joseph Bartomeu's friends. They just wanted to hopefully ruin the election. Obviously, it didn't have enough impact on it. Or enough paper. Well, true. So that is the world of... European football all round up. I will hand over to you now for Did You See That? Oh, he missed it! I do not believe what I've just seen! 
Something weird is going on. Shit! Did you see that? Did you see that? It's not technically did you say that, because this was something from last week that I actually forgot to put in the last episode. My bad, though. I don't know if you've seen this since. Have you seen anything about Jamaican football recently? Um, I've seen that they're trying to get Mikel Antonio to play for them. Well, this was my story. Because Mikel Antonio is not the only name they are trying to convince to get citizenship and play for their national team. Okay. Who are they trying to get then? So, from the thing that I saw... Their names are as followed. Andre Gray of Watford. Damari mm-hmm. Gray of Bayer Leverkusen, formerly of Leicester and Birmingham. Isaac Hayden of Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Mason Holgate of Everton. Has he not made an appearance for the England first team? Mason Holgate? Mm. No. Not even looking a friendly or anything? No. Okay. I'm sure it would matter if they had a camp because doesn't Antonio only technically like Liam no, Moore, he was a Redding. But I know this guy has an England cap, Nathan Redmond. But then he can't do it, Redmond. I think you can. I don't, I don't think this it just bans you. But the, it is the ruling is once you've made. I'm sure it's once you've made an appearance for them. You, you, that means now you're not allowed to switch allegiances to uh, a different country. No, I'm no expert. <laughs> Unless you like fight your case with. FIFA and all that. Yeah, but, uh, the only other player that in this list that I know for fact is potentially is Kemar Roof of Rangers. If interesting. Um, you put that list, that's pretty spaced out. But if you put Antonio in that list as well, that is an awful team. Yeah. In the list that there were rumours of Max Aaron's and Ivan Tony also being a part of it, but I think Max Aaron's ruled himself out. Um, yeah. Tony might have as well. I do know Kemar Roof does have uh, Jamaican, uh, in what do you call it, uh, relatives in him because uh, he, he is uh, related to the singer Georgia Smith, uh, their cousins, and I know she is Jamaican as well, both from uh, Warsaw. But I mean, for me, it's a nice, that... it's a nice low level team. Like you've got to think North American like, section. Yeah. The US national team is up and coming and they've got a lot of brilliant players now. Mexico, they always produce good They're players. Costa Canada, Rica is there now and again. Yeah, Canada are starting to slowly improve, obviously, with the emergence of Alfonso Davies. That's probably putting them a bit more on the map. So Panama. Yeah, they're always up and about. So, out of the Caribbean island sides, they obviously have the best if them players were to go there. But you don't see them ever challenging in the near future with, obviously, the teams that we've mentioned. But I don't see a lot of that happening and coming off any time soon. Yeah, it was just a nice little thing that I saw. But that is it. Yes, so uh, on now to... The world of women's football in the WSL on Sunday lunchtime Manchester United beat Aston Villa 3-0 thanks to goals from Katie Zellum, Jess Sigsworth and Kirsty Hansen to hand Casey Sony's side a victory there which is a good result for them after their two losses previously against Manchester City and Reading in the league Manchester City probably do make a bigger deal of that <laughs> no, I'll keep it calm as uh, <laughs> It's not surprising. Yes. Just a very good result for Casey Stoney's side. And I know know our level. Yes. Manchester City left it late to beat Everton. They won 1-0 thanks to a lovely strike from Kira Walsh in the 81st minute. Uh, Might be one of my goals of the weekend in the WSL. Absolute phenomenal finish from uh, Kira there. Brighton and Hove Albion beat Tottenham 2-0 thanks to a brace from Enessa Kargman in the second half, which for me was definitely the surprise of the weekend. The result, I mean, yes, Brighton were above Spurs in the league, but I was expecting 
it to be a draw or only a 1-0 victory. But Spurs do have two games in hand over Brighton still. Arsenal beat Birmingham City 4-0 thanks to a brace from Caitlin Ford in the first half. Vivian Miedema again scoring an absolute uh, world-class goal and then Lisa Evans scoring in stoppage time. Now, I know we don't usually go into the WSL in uh, too much detail, but the first two goals of this game have still left me confused. So, Caitlin Ford's goal, she scored it, but the linesman, um, I can't remember who it was, flagged for what I initially thought was offside, and then the ref didn't seem to count it, but then you saw the Birmingham keeper, Hannah Hampton, down. She seemed to have been injured, but then the referee allowed the goal to stand, and I was like, wait, what's going on here? And I've looked back to it a few times still, and I still don't understand it at all. The beginning lessons from the Premier League refs. <laughs> I think they must have. And then the second goal, I initially thought it was Vivian Miedemar that scored uh, because the ball was played in from the right-hand side, I think. It was Beth Mead that played in the ball. And Miedemar did get a touch, but he was didn't go fully, or he didn't go over the line and Caitlin Ford was there to tap it. Uh, pass Hannah Hampton and then Miedemar's goal herself. Absolutely uh, beautiful. Had caught the bing, uh, ball on the left-hand side, managed to ha- handle off a few Birmingham defenders and then put a rifled shot past Hampton who couldn't keep it out of the net. So good result there for Joe Montemurro's side. And then the only other game that's happened so far this weekend saw Chelsea beat West Ham 2-0 thanks to Sam Kerr and Beth England with the goals. So the results see Chelsea at top of the table, two points ahead of Gareth Taylor's Manchester City side, Man United in third and Bristol City at the rear of the table. But Bristol City are playing tonight at quarter past eight on BT Sport at Ashton Gate against Reading. So that should be a very interesting watch. Right, uh, on to the Predictions League now. Got to say, it was a great week for myself, but also annoying at the same time. Do I play the set up 100 point celebration music if I have it? Yeah, if you've got it, I'd play it. I don't. <laughs> don't. Um, so, in terms of predictions, I got the only game I didn't get right was Atletico Madrid versus Real Madrid because I predicted uh, Atletico to win 1 0. But in every game this season, uh, this weekend, I was out by one goal in every game, which is so annoying. So, oh, well, so go on. I think I have celebration sound effects. Would Would you like it? Yes, please. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so every game I was one goal out by, which is really annoying. So I predicted Southampton to win one nil. They won two nil. You predicted one one. Leicester, Brighton, I predicted 2-0 Leicester, it finished 2-1. Spurs, Palace, I predicted 3-1, it finished 4-1. Bayern Munich versus Dortmund, I predicted 3-2, it finished 4-2. Juve, Lazio, I predicted 2-1, it finished 3-1. And then, obviously, Atleti, Real finished 1-1. So, the uh, current standings now have you on 79 points and me on 109 points after this weekend's, which is very good for me. 79. Christ. Get me to 90. <laughs> you never know. If you have a weekend like I did this weekend, you can uh, break the 90-point barrier. We do have uh, midweek games coming up in the Champions League, I believe, this week. On Tuesday, Borussia Dortmund play their second leg against Sevilla, leading the first leg 3-2. And Juventus are losing 2-1 against FC Porto in their second leg on Tuesday and then on Wednesday is the second leg of Barcelona versus PSG with PSG leading 4-1 and Leipzig versus Liverpool, Liverpool leading 2-0 there. We also have Man City playing in the league this week against, I believe it's Southampton. It is, pray for them. Yes, and Atletico Madrid are playing in La Liga against Bilbao and then on Thursday we have the round of 16 first legs in the Europa League as Ajax play young boys the tie, uh, the standout tie is obviously Man United versus AC Milan 
then there's Roma for Shakhtar Donetsk, Olympiakos play Arsenal and Tottenham Hotspur play Dynamo Zagreb. So they are some very interesting games to look forward to this week in the Europa League. Right, we'll be back at the end of this week to have a look back over the uh, games in Europe and preview a weekend of Premier League action, which will get underway on Friday night. Uh, between Newcastle United and your Aston Villa side. So make sure you do join us for that later on this week. Until then, thank you very much for listening. Make sure you like, comment and subscribe if you are listening to on YouTube. Download us if you are listening to it on Spotify and make sure you give us a five-star rating if you are listening on Does Apple anyone Podcasts. Does you download podcasts on Spotify? You can do. You can do, does. You never know, you might want you to have a listen to us. Yeah, but if you're out and about and you don't have your internet, you can download the podcast so you can give us a listen to while you're out and about. And have, with the new laws in England, you're allowed to have a picnic with one of your friends as long as you're here into social distancing rules. So. Should we go for a picnic then? <laughs> you're, you're asking me out? Not in this weather at the minute. It's still quite cold and there's a chance of rain today, so no. I know you hate it, but I wanted to end this. I know you hate me saying this, but congratulations to Rangers. Okay. Is that it? <laughs> no, no, I just think they did a very good job. They've been on B in this season. They deserve recognition. It's Scottish football. Doesn't no matter. One gives two shits. Doesn't matter where it is. It's on a plastic league. I could go and beat it in the Scottish league. Gerard's done more than Lampard. Again. <laughs> That's not hard. <laughs> Any more ridiculous statements you want to finish on? No, carry on. I didn't realise you hate Stephen Gerrard that much. Yes. Uh, also, if the, if we get this podcast out on uh, Monday, which I'm hoping... If Gary Neville had done it, you'd have been all over it. Yeah, but Gary Neville was awful at Valencia. Actually, did you see Jamie Carragher's tweet at the weekend when... Um, I did... Uh, uh, you're already sure about Carragher? Because I saw Neville's one aimed at Carragher. Yes, yeah, so um, there was a series of tweets between the two sides, uh, uh, between Neville and Carragher, and Neville goes, how bad are Liverpool at the moment? To which uh, Carragher quote tweeted saying, worse than your Valencia. And then uh, Neville goes, you'd get into this Liverpool team now. And then um, Carragher replied to that, so would Phil. (laughs) Which is absolutely uh, great between the two of them. And if we do get this out on uh, Monday, happy International Women's Day, uh, as it is International Women's Day in the world today. Uh, Till then, we'll see you on Thursday for our preview show. And it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from Brad. See ya. And we'll see you soon.